brighter. My days is brighter. I just start to live. Amen. Praise God. Every day is a new day. Amen. So we should live. This is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Well, keep Brother and Sister Miller in prayer. Amen. They are ministering in Madison this weekend, and so so just keep them in prayer. Amen. So you get me this morning. How's that? Amen. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 43, we're talking about power of Christian witness. Isaiah 43, verse 10 through verse 12. Amen. 43, 10 through 12. All right, here we go. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he, before me there was no God form, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared, and I have saved, I have showed, when there was no strange God among you. Therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Amen. Praise God. We're talking about the power of Christian witnessing. Amen. The power of Christian witnessing. And so today, I want to talk to you about five ways to be an important Christian witness. Five ways to be an important Christian witness. Amen. Now, if you read Isaiah there, you notice the Lord say, you are his witnesses. Amen. And we know that a witness is one that has seen and know. And that's the key is to, if you're going to be a good Christian witness is you've got to know. Amen. You've got to know, first of all, who you're witnessing about. Paul makes no qualms when he said in First Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back in the glory. John puts it even better. He says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him is not anything made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came to bear witness of the light. He was not the light, but came to bear witness of the light, that true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Amen. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ was Almighty God. Okay, put it plain and simple. Amen. He is God. Amen. And as he told Philip, you've seen me, you have seen the Father. So if we're going to witness and be a true witness, we've got to know what we're witnessing about. So that's why Jesus is saying, you are my witnesses whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe that I am he. Okay? That's key number one. You've got to believe it. Because if you don't believe it, you're not going to be a good witness. You know, a lawyer will shoot you out the courtroom if you don't believe what you're talking about. You know, you, you've got to be able to stand firm. Amen. 
So the first thing is action speaks louder than words. Action speaks louder. Amen. Lots of Christians find that their life, especially the things they avoid, is their clearest witness at work. It can be something as small as staring to clear of a gossip or bad language, or it can be something big like not taking advantage of an employer. You know, you know, action speaks louder than words. Okay, so if I if your boss gave you too much money and you took it back, you know, you you'd be showing that you're a good witness, right? But if you kept it and then they found out and you say you're a Christian, then it could be devastating for you. Jesus says in Matthew five fourteen, "You are the light of the world." Your city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. So let your light shine that men shall see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Notice, you got to let it shine. Everything about Jesus that you're testing about, find about, has got to be seen through you. Okay? You have got to live according to the word of God. This is why James says in James 1, you know, be you what? Doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man that behold his natural face in a glass and he goes away and forget what manner of man he was. But whosoever, notice, look into the perfect law of liberty... And continue therein. And he being not a forgetful here, but a doer, his deed shall be blessed. She shall be blessed in his deeds. In other words, everything you do, you'll be blessed. Do you want to be blessed? Amen. Then just do what the word of God tells you. Amen. This is important because God wants you to be a witness for him. Amen. Paul told Timothy, look at First Timothy chapter 4 verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, New Testament. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers and conversation and word and conversation and charity and purity and faith and impurity. Notice. No, that's, that's good. Uh, but now notice these words here. What's unique about the word conversation? What's unique about the word charity? What's unique about the word spirit? What's unique about the word faith? What's unique about the word purity? What's in them? Look at them. What do you see in them? What do you see in those words? And the word conversation, charity, spirit, faith, and purity. What do you see in there? What else? What do you see? Come on, look. You're not looking. Huh? No, look. What do you see in those words? There you go. There's an eye in every one of them. (laughs) 
There's an I in every one of them. So if you take I out of them, if you take you out of them, you're not going to have them. In other words, you can't become these things without you. See? That I represents you and me. So he says we have to be an example of the believer in these things. In conversation, our behavior, in our love, in our spirit, in our faith, and in our purity. It takes us to become these things is what he's trying to get us to see. See? So we have to develop these things in our lives. They don't just pop off the page. They don't just come naturally. You know, we have to develop these things. Christians have to work to develop to become more like Christ by studying and being a doer of the Word of God. This is what he's trying to get us to see. We have to be what we say we are. If we say we're a Christian, he says, you be an example in these things, the Word of God. Know the Word of God and what you speak and what you say. Be an example. Be a man and woman of truth when you speak. Amen. In your conversations, your behavior. Amen. How you conduct yourself, how you live, how you act. This is all about witnessing. You know, your, your love. Do you love people? You know, people know God is supposed to love, you know. If you don't love me, you know, then your witness is going to go out the window. You know, irregardless of my race or whatever. You know, because the devil knows you're supposed to love. Amen. You've got to walk by faith and not by sight. You know, you've got to get to these things. Impurity, we have to get cleansed by the word of God. This is why David, after he sinned with Bathsheba, if you read Psalms 51, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me so I can be whiter than snow. So we've got to be this an example. It's what God desires of each and every one of us. Second Corinthians 13, 5 and 6. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 and 6. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Examine yourself. Am I being what I say I am? It's up to, it goes back, it's up to us, it's not up to me, it's up to you, the same way it's up to me. I have to examine myself because this is the mirror. This is what I'm looking into. God speaks to us through this, say, and he shows me my shortcomings, he shows me where I'm wrong, he shows me where I'm right. And that's why I have to become a do. I have to examine myself, I have to prove my own self. Know ye not your own self. Do you know who you are? When's the last time you checked your anger? Do you get mad easy? Why? <laughs> it didn't come with your salvation. <laughs> come on. There's a lot of things that we, we keep letting happen that didn't come with salvation. 
Paul says in uh, Hebrews 6, 9, Beloved, I am persuaded of better things of you, things that accompany salvation, though we does not speak. You know, anger didn't come with your salvation. Okay? So that means you shouldn't have it. If you have it, be angry and sin not, right? <laughs> you know, so, so you have to examine yourself. If I've got a lot of anger in me, then that tells me I'm not going to be a very good witness for Christ, and I need to deal with it. i got to get it out of there somehow, and I've got to start practicing ways that will prevent me from getting angry. It might require, every time I feel it balling up, I walk away. I get away from the situation. I get away from the circumstance. I go outside or something till I cool off. And then I come back and ask for forgiveness. You know, you don't allow these things to to hurt you or bring you down because if you do, it destroys your witness here. So examine yourselves. Know your own self, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be a reprobate. If you're no good for nothing, then, well, is he in you? He's not in you? <laughs> if he's in you, then the characters of Christ is supposed to be in you. First John 2, 6. I think it's 1 John 2, 6. It might be 26. He that saith, he abide in him. Ought himself also to walk even as he walked. How did Christ walk? On his two feet, right? <laughs> How did he walk? He walked in love. Amen. He walked according to his own word. See? So therefore, if he, we say he's in us, then we have to walk the same way. You know? Go to Galatians five sixteen. Galatians five sixteen. New Testament. This I say then walk in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to other, so that you cannot do to the things that you would. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works are the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, various immolation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresy, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I've told you in times past, that they do this thing cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Right? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have what? You've crucified the flesh with his affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, 
Let's walk in it. Right? If Christ is in me, then let's walk according to the way he's asking us to walk. Because we are his witnesses. See? I can't walk contrary to what he's telling me to do and be a good example and a witness for him. It ain't going to work. See? It will never work. You've got to walk according to what he's telling you how to walk. In the spirit. Love. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Faith. Notice there's no law against that. See, you want to develop these things. Our actions speak louder than our words. Amen. So we've got to examine ourselves. Do you know the first person you are a witness to is? Who do you think the first person you're a witness to? Huh? Yourself. Yourself. You have to be a witness first to yourself. Either you believe it or you don't. You know, as Abraham Lincoln says, you can, I mean, not Abraham Lincoln, but, um, yeah, it was Lincoln, wasn't it? You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. <laughs> right? Go to what? <laughs> but you can't fool all the people all the time. Some of the time. <laughs> but anyhow, we, we are to be witnessing first and foremost to ourselves. You know, I, Paul, all the people all the time. Okay. But, and this is what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians ten twelve. He says, let him that think he stand take heed, lest he fall. See, I've got to be a witness for myself. I don't want, you know, what does it profit if, if, you know, if I preach to you and I ain't doing nothing for myself? That's what Paul is saying. And I get cast away, you know, save you and lose me, (laughs) you know. You know, I, I I could be classified as a hero, I guess, but 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 we have to we have, we got to realize something here. We've got to examine ourselves. I've got to be a witness first to me. You know that I am a Christian, that I'm believing God, that I'm serving God, and then the next person is our family. You know. To live on a roof with people and and they don't know I'm saved. They don't know I'm a Christian. My own family don't know it. That's kind of sad. You know, we should, you know, seize every opportunity to share with our families our beliefs. You know, and this is important to us. Amen. We, we've got to. So yourself first. Your family next, the church third, and then your co-workers are the people in the world fourth. That's the way it should flow. You know, if you are witness to yourself, you witness to your family, you witness to the church, and then the witness to the world. How do you treat people when they walk through these doors? 
Do you run out of your way to go give them a big hug and say, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You know, those are examples, you know, that people are looking for when they walk through these doors. If I visit your home, how I get treated. You know, if, if your children come home and you yelling and screaming and hollering and kicking the cat, you know, is that a good witness? You know, they can go, wow, what's wrong with mom and dad, you know? Yeah, the cat. <laughs> you know, the poor cat. <laughs> but we have to be good witnesses. Amen. In these areas of our lives here. So we have to examine ourselves. Amen. Paul told the church at Corinth in First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, he says, we are what? Epistles. Huh? Second Corinthians 3, 2. For you are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Amen. Second Corinthians 3, 2. You know, the epistles are letters written to the church, right? And so, therefore, he says, you are our epistles known and read of all men. See, when people see you, they're reading. See, you might be the only Christ that some people get to ever see. What are they going to read? What did they see? Did they see a difference? Did they see Christ in you, the hope of glory? This is what you want. And the more of this you put in you, the more of this they're going to read. The more of this they're going to see. Because as it goes in, that's what's going to start coming out. Your, your words, your actions, your attitude. Amen. So your actions is going to speak louder then your words, amen, because this is what people are looking for today in the church. Number two, the subtle approach, the subtle approach. Sometimes it doesn't take much to make an impact uh, to be a witness for Christ. You know, you know, if you stop and think about it, you know, a lot of times the subtle approach, you know, I we just brought a bunch of T-shirts for, for the church, didn't we? says, I love my church. See, that's the subtle approach. You Really what you, you're saying is, I love God, and it's real subtle. And people are, are see that, and somebody will probably ask you, hey, where do you go to church at? It gives you an opportunity to be able to share with them, you know, what you believe and, and how you believe it. Amen. You know, in Acts 8, you know, when the Lord sent Philip down to Samaria, I mean, into the desert to meet the Ethiopian, you know, Philip just ran up to the chariot and here's the Ethiopian. He's reading, you know, and Philip says, hey, you understand what you're reading? That was this question. You, you understand what you're reading? How many times have you seen some people reading maybe a Christian book or or reading a Bible or something? You ever ask them, hey, do you understand what you're reading? That's what Philip did. He said to the guy, hey, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I accept some man show me? You know, in the place he was reading was Isaiah 53. He's led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep dumb before his shears, so open he not his mouth. In his humiliation and judgment, 
you know, his life is taken from him, and who should declare his generation? You know, and the eunuch says, well, who's he talking about? Is he talking about himself, or is he talking about somebody else? And Philip began and taught him about Jesus. And as they went on their way, you know, in the chariot, riding along, they came to some water, and all of a sudden the eunuch says, oh, here's some water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip says, you can if you believe. He says, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And he stopped the chariot. They went down in the water. He baptized them right there. Amen. Those subtle approaches, little things, listen for conversations, listen for how people are talking about certain things. You know, we go to the bank there at festival and, and, you know, and I, and our tellers, and I mean, the, the, the tellers, they, they've come to know us a little bit now. And so, you know, we, we just take the, the subtle approach a lot of times. You know, we get up the window and they say, how you doing? I always say, well, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord, you know. And so we just start a conversation and we start talking. And before I walk out, we begin to share with them about the Lord. You know, Kurt, one day my wife was there and he was talking about his his sons was going through catechism class or what what was it? He teaches a confirmation class. And, And as a result... You know, my wife got to talk to him a little bit about it and and help his kids out and stuff. So, hey, those little subtle things you can do to be an example and a witness, amen, for the Lord. And then number three, the bolder steps, bolder steps. After you get to know people, you know, you can just let them rip, <laughs> you know. You know, it, it, that's that's what you can do. You know, you can just ask, start asking questions, you know, about the belief. Amen. Once we've started a good, some good relationship steps with people, Christians can be even more upfront with their faith. You know, there's if if I work in an office with a whole bunch of people who say they're a Christian, I can walk right in and start talking about the Lord. You know, I can be bold. You know, I don't have to hide who I am. You know, you tell me you're a Christian, I should be able to talk to you about God. <laughs> we should be able to unite somewhere and talk about him. You know, we can use these bolder approaches here. Amen. Pray for people. I do that all the time. You know, somebody come up to me now and say, you know, hey, you know, I'm going through this. I said, let's pray right now. I don't care if I'm in Walmart. I don't care where I'm at. I take their hands and I start praying right there at that place. The bolder approach, you know. And so you you can do these things. You know, if you look at Acts 17, Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill, you know, and he waited for the opportunity, you know. And they were saying, well, we're going to hear what this blabber is going to say today, you know. And then in Acts 16, Paul says, man, I beheld your devotion and I, you know. He says, I saw your inscription to the unknown God. He says, let me declare him to you. You know? And that's what you have to do. You know? Is declare to them the unknown God. 
Amen. In Japan, I mean, there was times, you know, you had to get bold, you know, because they was worshiping Buddha and everything else. So you have to sometimes get bold to bring them into an understanding. You know, people are worshiping. They want to worship. But they need to know who they are to worship. See? And so, and as a result, you can take a bolder approach. You know, I, I know my friend Tom Bracken, missionary to Taiwan, you know, they went to a temple and this guy was standing there, you know, and, and he had these blocks and he throw these blocks and, you know, and depending on how the block, blocks fell was true or false, you know, and Brother Bracken got the, the, the talking to the guy and the guy, uh, they got into a conversation about Jesus being God. And Brother Bracken said, Jesus is God. And he says, no, he's not. He said, well, use your blocks. And the guy threw his blocks and they fell, yes. You know, <laughs> you know, and the guy got upset, and every time he'd throw them, he'd, he'd come up, yes. You know, you know, that, you know, so, you know, the, the bolder approach. You know, you can take these bold approaches sometimes, amen, to be able to be a witness for Christ. On your workplace, in your schools, wherever you are, you can take those approaches, amen, to be able to share the witness and the truth. Of God, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen. This is why as you study the word of God and as you learn the word of God, you can know, see what approach to take, whether it's subtle approach, whether it's the bold approach. Amen. You, you, God will show you when to speak. Amen. And when to do and what to do. You know, as, as you follow his word, as we are led by the spirit of God. Amen. Because in today's world, people are hurting, and so therefore people need someone to show them, to direct them into the right place. A positive attitude. Number four, you know, we need to have a positive attitude. We hear this all the time in the world about our attitude and our actions. You know, if you beat yourself up all the time, you're not going to be a good witness. You know, if you murmur and complain and bicker, you're not going to be a good witness. The Psalm 77.3 says, I complain, and what happened? I'm overwhelmed. And as I get overwhelmed, pretty soon I'm going to start using words and things that leave Christ so far away from me. See? So, therefore, I want to be able to have a positive attitude. Amen. In Acts chapter 26, you know, Paul, verse 2, Paul says to Agrippa, he says, I think myself happy. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Notice, I think myself happy. <laughs> what about you? You think yourself happy? Paul says, man, I'm happy to be standing here. I'm happy to testify for myself. I don't need somebody else standing in my place. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> That's what you got. You got to think yourself happy. It's easy to be down if you want to be down. I told you, I'll let you stay down for two days. The third day, you got to get up because Jesus got up on the third day. Okay. He rose again on the third day. Now, if I say I'm a Christian, that means I got to get up after three days. All right. I can stay down for two, but the third, I got to get up. All right. And so this is, think, think positive thought. Look at Philippians 4. Go to Philippians 4. Okay. We'll start with verse 4 and we'll read down through verse 9. <clears throat> Might go a little bit further. I don't know. We was talking about this Friday, Wednesday night, right? Rejoice! 
in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Finally. Finally. Last time I checked, it meant finally, right? <laughs> finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on the good stuff. Don't focus on the foolishness. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you'll care of me and flesh again. Wherein you were careful, but you lacked opportunity. Verse 11. Not that I speak in respect to what. What Paul say? If I'm in Wisconsin, if I'm in Mississippi, if I'm in Carolina, if I'm in Minnesota, no matter what state I am in, (laughs) I'm to be content. (laughs) No matter where I'm at, I'm to be content. I think myself happy. Contentment starts with happiness. See, Godly went Contentment is great gain. We didn't bring anything in the world. You ain't taking anything out. Learn contentment. Be happy. Amen. There used to be an old song when I was in the world. It said, be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> Michaela, you know that song. <laughs> Amen. Don't worry. Cast all your cares upon him because he cared for you. Don't worry. God is not weary. That's what Isaiah said. Don't you know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Almighty, he's not weary. He don't faint. So God is not weary. Come on. You are my witnesses. Be happy. I think the last time I checked, joy came with the Holy Ghost. So it's up to me if I'm going to be full of joy or be sad. It's up to me. It's all fall back onto my, my plate because I'm the first witness. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that you might know and believe that I am he. Before me there was no God form, and neither shall there be after me. I even, I am the Lord, beside me there no safe. We are his witness. Me first. Then everybody else. But it starts with me. And I've got to, I can't walk around. Can you imagine if I came to church every Sunday, and, and I'm supposed to be a witness for Christ, and I come in and I'm all Molly grubbed and biting everybody's head off. 
You could. <laughs> I don't know, Sister Sonia. <laughs> but we, we've got to get our attitude right in this thing. He's in you. Amen. There's no evil in God. It's all good. And you have to look at yourself as, hey, I'm good. Yeah. And so I'm not I'm not saying you're, there's not going to be those moments in our lives of what I call low points. But those low points should not cause you to not be a witness. You should still be a good witness for the Lord. See, because it starts with us. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Acts chapter 20, verse 22. Acts 20, verse 22 through 24. Acts chapter 20, verse 22 through 24. Paul writing to the church here, Luke records Paul saying, And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses, wouldn't that, And every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Notice. Amen. None of those things moved me, Paul says. None of that deterred me, you know, that I'm going to give up my life. None of it stopped me. He says, because I want to finish with joy. That's why he told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, he says, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Henceforth, days laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Whom the righteous judge shall give to me at that day of his appearing. And not only to me, but all those that are longing for his appearance. We are his witnesses. It starts with us. You can do this thing. It's all in us if how we want to live it. He's given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall harm you. You are my witness. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the whole earth. So no matter what state you find yourself in, you've got to be content. Amen. We've got to develop these things. That's why I keep saying at the onset. There's a, as you read the word of God, you've got to add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, charity. See, you've got to develop these things. This is why you look at yourself in the word of God and say, okay, I'm, I know I got a problem with anger. Then I got to deal with that, you know, for myself. I don't need to go to some counselor. And says, I got an angle problem. 
uh, you need to help me. I'm going to pay you thousands and thousands of dollars to get rid of my anger. No, just do what the Word of God says. That's all you got to do. You don't have to pay people to, to, to fix you. All they're going to do is sit there and listen. The army taught me this stuff, Michaela, I'm telling you. And I, I, I used to say, man, I'm in the wrong business. Because when you go to a counselor, all they're going to do is sit there and listen. They're going to listen to exactly what you tell them. And then they're going to say, what do you think you should do? And then you tell them what you think you should do. And they, you know what the next comment is? Well, why don't you do that and come back a couple of weeks? You know? And as a matter of fact, here, this receipt, give it to the lady at the desk on your way out. thousand bucks for me telling you what I'm going to do. I'm fixing my own problem and paying somebody else just to listen. Man, just get in the prayer closet. Go talk to Jesus. You know, tell him all about your troubles. He'll hear your fainted cry. He'll answer by and by. Amen. Just become a doer of God's word. That's all you got to do. You'll fix the problem. You know? It's got the answers in here. Every situation. Amen. Amen. Let the Spirit lead you. Let the Spirit guide you. You know, the more time you spend with Him, the easier it's going to be for you. I promise you, will bring you up. So we got to have that positive attitude. And that's why Paul says, I think myself happy. Amen. And, I, and every day, I don't want to murmur. I don't want to complain. I don't want to bicker. Amen. I just want to love the Lord with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Matthew 5.13 says, you're the salt of the earth. Amen. Salt changes everything, don't it? Amen. And that's what God wants, is he wants you to be that salt in the earth that changes your environment. The things around you is what takes place. Amen. Number five. I think I got four minutes here. Kindness counts. Number five, count, kindness counts. Amen. How do you treat people? Now, this is all part of being a witness. Jesus says in Matthew seven twelve, what we call the golden rule. He says, you do unto others as you would have them do unto you. How do you want people to treat you? You know? You treat people the same way you want it to be treat. Treat it. And you can become a good example, amen, of this. As in all areas of life, the most powerful witness in the workplace is that of love and kindness. Love and kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee while I live. John thirteen thirty five. Jesus says, by this shall all men know you are my disciples. If you have love one to another, John thirteen thirty five. By this shall all men know you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Love God, first and foremost, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. You know, how kind are you to your neighbors? Do your neighbors around you know who you are? Do you know them? Do you know their names? What do you do? How, how do you treat them? You know, be kind. When you go to Walmart, don't bite those cashier's head off because the stuff ain't in the store. It's not her fault or his fault. You know, 
That's what they always ask you at the counter. Did you find what you was looking for? No, I didn't find what I was looking for. It's not their fault. That's why they're asking you. Did you find what you were looking for? What's wrong with saying, no, I did not find the is dressing for my shoes? You know, because usually what you find when you tell them you didn't find what you was looking for, what do they do? They help you. They summon somebody else. You know, if you ever notice these people, they got these little earbuds in here and these little things. And as soon as you say, I didn't find it, you know, they get on the phone. They're, they push that little button and they call somebody. Because they want you to keep coming back. Say, kindness counts. You want to do to people that way do you want to be treated. You know, don't get angry because it's not there. You have not, because you ask not. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, you shall find. Knock, the door will be open. So if you don't ask for what you, don't do you any good to get mad. You just walk out the store without what you needed. And guess what? You're going to have to go find it somewhere if you need it bad enough. So why not just be kind right here and find out they got what I'm waiting for? Spend a few seconds. If not, they're going to tell you that they can order it and get it for you, or they will tell you where it's at. I've had people tell me where stuff where I could go get it. They look up online. They, they immediately get online and says, "Wait a minute, Mr. Parker, we'll help you." You know, and they said, "Are you willing to drive down a few blocks or go to another store because they have it over there if you want to go get it, or now we can bring it here, or we can have it shipped right to your house." You know, now can you imagine if I walked in there and says, "I don't believe you don't got what I want," you know, "No, I don't want you to order anything for me." What kind of witness is that? They're trying to help me, see. And so we've got to have that <laughs> that kindness in us. This is what Christ is saying, you know. We got to be kind to people, Amen. And all that we do, Amen. And Ephesians four thirty four thirty two through five two, Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, he says, "And be ye kind one to another." Ephesians chapter four verse thirty two. And be ye kind one to another. Tender-hearted, forgiven one another, even for God is for Christ's sake, have forgiven you. Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also have loved us, and have given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. What do they smell? They smelling Jesus in you? He's sweet, I know, right? He smells sweet. He don't smell nasty. He don't smell dirty. Amen. He's sweet, I know. Amen. So we have to learn how to treat people. Amen. Amen. So, you know, the same way when people, you know, kindness, when people come through the door, every one of us should be willing to tell them where the bathroom is, where the changing room is, all these things. You know, tell them what's going on. Kindness, love. It makes a big difference in people's lives in all areas. Amen. Because we are witnesses. And God has chosen us to be his witness. Amen.
All right, let's take a break and get ready.